Hello and welcome to Live and Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Last week, we started a series about believing. Am I a believer? That's the theme for this month. Am I a believer? But from where I'm standing, I would say, are you a believer? Praise the Lord. Um, we, last week we talked, well, the, the scripture is, um, Acts, can we put the scripture down? Acts 16, 30 to 31. Um, and Brother Nat supposed to have given me my um, flip that I did last week. Um, it says that he then brought them out and asked, and asked, Sir, what must we do to be saved? This is about um, um, Paul and Silas were put into prison. Whilst they were in prison, the prison door, the, the, the prison officers, the, there was an earthquake. And then the prison door opened. The wardens of the prison realized that the door was open, which means that these people have done a runner. So he got a sword to kill himself because, I mean, what is he going to tell the authorities? So they said to him, hey, hey, don't worry. Hey, hey, don't kill yourself. We are still in, the pr in prison. And he put on the, that kind of light and goes in there and finds them in prison. He brings them out of prison. And then he's asking on his knees. He's asking them, what must I do to be saved? I don't know. See, you know what? Let me tell you something. Most of the time, when I'm going to preach, I get my message this way. I lie down, meditate, and then I will preach the message. Do you understand that? I'll get the scriptures, and then I'll preach the message before I, get down, I sit down and put it down. In my meditation... I get all that I was, you know. And, and, and in your meditation, that's when you get the depth. Can you imagine that the prison officer kneeling before Paul and Silas and saying, what must I do to be saved? There is something that they did that brought him on his knees. Are you with me? There is something they did. What did they do? The God opened the prison door. But they didn't run out. God opened the prison door. But they did not run out. 
because they did not run out for their life, somebody got saved. The whole household got saved. What is their job? What is their ministry? Get people saved. Sometimes we look too much on ourselves, our individuality. You know, I'm learning so much. I'm learning. You know, Jesus says that, uh, the disciple says to Jesus, he says, um, should we uproot these ones that are, you know, these are no good? And he says, oh no, it's too early. Leave them all. So that you don't uproot the good with the bad. You see, we need to learn to forsake self for Christ. We need to learn to bear our cross for Christ. If we do not, if we are not willing to sacrifice ourselves, we will bear no fruit. You see, when a seed is planted, when a seed is planted, it dies first. Right? If it doesn't die, it becomes incapable of reproducing itself. Paul and Silas were willing to sacrifice their life and got a jailer and his whole household saved. Verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. What must we do in order to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. And I said last week, you know, there is um, there is um, Thank you, Lord. There is something and then there, there is... Uh, sorry? No, I was talking about two, um, two points. This one is acting, and I've forgotten the other one. But it, it, they, they, they were willing, Paul and Silas were willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. They were willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. I said last week, as a believer, Jesus told us in John 14, when, you, when they believed... Am I a believer? Are you a believer? When you believe, you have a goal. Or you should have a goal, the purpose of why you are living. And our purpose is what? It's heaven. Jesus came to save us. 
that we will be in his presence when he, in, during his, when he comes again. So heaven is our goal. And it's, to get to heaven is a journey. We read a scripture last week, said, occupy until I come. So we are occupying. It's a journey that we are going as a Christian, as a believer. It is a journey. The life of a believer is a journey. But it's a journey with a destiny. Praise the Lord. It's a journey with a destiny. We have a destiny. Heaven is our goal. Hallelujah. So we must not live our life aimlessly. Heaven is our goal. If heaven is our goal, then we should live our life worth a purpose. We know where we are going. We are not roaming around aimlessly. That is, as a believer, as a believer, you should know why you are a believer. See, if we don't have the vision right, if we don't have our goals set up right, then we become the ping pong. Then we become the ping pong. So we need to have our goals set right. Heaven is our goal. We are going somewhere. Hallelujah. We are, I said we are going somewhere. We have a destiny in mind. And whilst we are living, occupy until I come, we buy houses, we buy cars, we buy nice clothes. I mean, we can get somebody to make a nice t-shirt for you. I'm 70 plus. Praise the Lord. We can do all that. But we must have a goal. So whatever you do at the expense of your destiny, it's, I don't know what word to use, but you have just incriminated yourself. So, you as a believer, you have a destiny. You are going somewhere. Paul, talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. And we're talking about a believer. Someone read this and say, oh yeah, he was talking to Timothy. Yeah, Timothy was a believer. 1 Timothy 4. Um, I think I'll read from 11. I don't know whether somebody's taking my four out. I can see five and then I can see three. I can't see the four. 
or found it. It says, these, these things command and teach. And then uh, 12, it says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. Don't let anyone despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. If Timothy was the, like, let's say, the deacon at the time, he was supposed to be an example to the, uh, to the believers. Amen? If, see, we need to understand that what God expects Timothy to, be, to do and to be is what he expects us to be and to do. So, if Timothy was to be an example to the believers, you as a believer ought to be an example for your brother, sister, believer. But, you see, and then he, he distinguished areas specifically that Paul thinks it's needed for Timothy to watch out. He says, an example to the believers in what? In word. In word. In conduct. In love. In spirit. In faith. In purity. Be an example to the believers. The way in words, your words, be an ex example what you say, what you say. You see, for some believers, for them to own up to their mistakes, then everybody ought to go down with them. But Paul says, be an example in word. In word. What you say, what you intentionally say about your fellow brother or sister, knowing very well that it is untrue. Or knowing very well it is only 30% true. You are 70 to it. You know, it is said that when, you, when, when the story is told, by the time it reached the 6 and the 7 and the 8, it's no longer the same story. Because everyone has, everyone has their word to read. And so it becomes only 30% true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
we ought to be careful. Paul tells Timothy, be, you know, be an example to the believers in what you say. In what you say. Let's read M Matthew 12, 36, 37. The Amplifier in that scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 12, it says, the Amplifier says, be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in moral purity. Matthew 12, 36. It says, but I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give an account for every idle uh, what is it? Inoperative, non-working word they speak. Um, I, I, can you put that in NIV, please? Thank you. He says, but I tell you that everyone will will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty words they have spoken. Empty words they have spoken. Words that hold nothing. And people will say things for just saying sake. Well, not just for saying sake, because they have a motive. And the motive is to tarnish an individual. To tarnish an in individual. See, we, we don't fear God enough. But whatever we do, whatever we do on this planet, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account. In words, in deeds. Whatever we do. When you think you are speaking empty words. To condemn, derail, destroy someone. So that you will have a better standing. Guess what? It's waiting for you. Whatever an individual soul. I was going to say whatever a man soul, but it's include women. So whatever an individual soul, you will reap. So we need to be careful in what we say. In our conversation, we need to be careful in words, in our conversation, in love, in love, we need to be careful how we express love.
I was chatting with someone, and their version of love was completely different from my version of love. You see, some people think that love has no judgment. But love has judgment, and it's called tough love. See, I love you enough not to leave you to go into that sea. You guys were at beach yesterday. To go into that sea because I know you can't swim. Did you get that? And that child will scream, but that's tough love. I love you enough, so I won't let you do it. And sometimes, love is tough. But when you express, when you exercise that love, it's as if their interpretation, well, if you love me, you wouldn't do that to me. You know, no, I love you, that's why I'm doing that to you. Do, do you get it? So love is not always, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. Love is not always, do you know that, you know, I've said this several times here. Do you know, when we were taught this at Rema, you know, God judge the Israelites. Then they will repent. And then they'll cry unto the Lord. It's a vicious circle. And then when he cry, they cry unto the Lord, God will forgive them and will send them a prophet. And they will mess up the prophet. And God will judge them will punish them. And then they'll cry out. They, they come to their senses. They go to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord. And God will forgive. And it was that continual visual circle. My point is, when they did wrong, God disciplined them. When they messed up, God disciplined them. And we need to understand, and, and, and listen, there's no one that loves the Israelites than God. Are, are you with me? There's no one that loved the Israelites than God, God, his own people. He loved them, but he will discipline them if they step out of line. You say, well, that's not love. Well, they, that's mercy. But he loves them to not let them go astray. Praise the Lord. Are you understanding where I'm coming from? So, Paul tells Timothy to be an example in spirit. In spirit. Are you a believer? Are you an example in spirit? Listen. Please listen to me carefully. 
this world that we live in today, if you don't make extra effort, you will be spiritually unfruitful. In other words, you spiritually, you will switch off. An average effort is not enough. I'm telling you. You have to go the extra mile. You have to be, to be vigilant. You have to make an extra push in order for you to be spiritually alert. Because the, 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 there is so much distraction. Everything, everywhere you turn, everything you touch, it's all in, in, in the physical realm. If you don't rise up in the spiritual realm, an average will not work. I'm telling you, an average will not work. You have to be serious. You have to be serious. You have to, to, to know, to, to say no, to know. You, I don't know whether that makes sense. To say no to no. Does that make sense? I, I, was, I, am, I, I, I was doing some work and I gave to Sarah to do correction for me. And she said, that, she said oh, Dad, I know. She said, I know you. I said, she said, when I read your thing, I know what you want to say. <laughs> and then he will say, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, I mean, yeah. How old was Deborah when we went to America? Was it 12? Eh? Deborah. I'm talking about Deborah. Okay. I, Deborah was about 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Deborah at the age of 12 was correcting my work was reading through my assignment at Rema in America. And she would read it and correct, make corrections for me. Praise the Lord. No good with spelling, so she always come up. And, so Deborah was, uh, Sarah was doing my work and he was saying, but you, when, when I said no to, you, you know what I mean. Okay, that, that's, that's what brought that up. Praise the Lord. Let's understand that we as believers... We must be spiritually alert. I, I see things. And this world is so... Do you know that, you know, Satan is the god of this world. The system. The system. The government. And we read that God is the one that puts up people in government... But there are people behind this thing. There are people behind this thing that have, in the physical realm, have the upper hand. And they manipulate the system. And if you don't, if you don't become alert spiritually, you will gradually follow the trend. 
you will gradually follow the trend. You know, we talk about 666 that is going to come. We could talk about this, uh, um, the chip that is going to come. Well, whether you like it or not, because the Bible has said it, it's coming. People pray about against all this. Listen, you can't pray against, but the Bible has said it will come. This is my point. There are people that are manipulating the system to bring it to pass. Now, when you go to Tesco's now, I don't mean every Tesco's, the one in Tontini. <laughs> and I'm sure the others are the same. You know, now the, the, the self-service one, it's only card, card only. Only card. Where is it going? Where is it going? You see, I, I, I used to hate the thing when it first came. Now I go to Tesco's and I buy something, £1.50, and I pull out the card and pay. That's ridiculous. But I've gotten used to it now. And you see the manipulation. You see the manipulation. By the time these ones grow up, physical cash will no longer be anything. They wouldn't handle physical cash. The ice cream, uh, the ice cream man will be taking card. He's taking card now. Well, me, I'm a bit behind. You see the manipulation of the system. This is all designing to bring these things to pass. My point is, brothers and sisters, wake up spiritually. Wake up spiritually. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying we shouldn't be using uh, our card and all that stuff, but be spiritually alert. You can't, you can't stop other things from happening. You cannot say, I wouldn't use a card. I will use you, you get to a place where you, you can't do nothing. So I'm not against it. But what I'm saying is, be alert that this thing is leading somewhere. It's leading somewhere. And it's not because that they are smart. It's because it has been foretold. Jesus was sent to come and die for the human race. But God needed somebody that will kill Jesus. And the enemy was ready. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what are we supposed to be aware of? Our words, the way we communicate as a believer, we must sow good seed. Our words should be words that are seasoned, that produce good fruits. 
I've always said that if I can't tell you the truth, then I don't say nothing. If I can't tell you the truth, then I won't say nothing. Our words should be words that produce good fruit. People will know you by the word, by your words. We must be loving. We must express love. But love also has a what? There are discipline, which is called tough love. Do you know, I had um, this um, lady, the name starts with M, American, uh, Joyce Myers, yeah, thank you. Um, she said, I think it was her brother, I think it was her brother, that the ministry was going well, the brother was, uh, so he, he fixed the brother up, gave him accommodation, gave him a job, and, and all the stuff of it. You, do you hear that story? Thank you. It means I'm not telling fibs. So, but the brother will not go to work. He won't do what he is expected to do. And in the end, we're talking about tough love, kicked him out. He, so he lost his job. You know, he was sleeping rough. Joyce Meyer, who could buy him a mansion. In the end, he was sleeping rough. When I say rough, under bridges and all the stuff, homeless. He died that way. He died that way. And Jeremiah said, I will tell people about this. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, listen, can you, you as a parent, you as a physical human being, can you imagine how it will be like to see your child being killed? I mean, can you imagine God did it for you and I. God did it for you and I. So we need to understand. We need to understand the love that God has for mankind. He loves us enough to sacrifice himself for us. If we are believers, let us live that life of sacrificing ourselves for others.
this thing here, this thing, this thing I'm talking about, this life, it's a lot more than the physical I see, you know. This life here, this life here, this physical life here, it's a lot more than what the physical eyes sees. This life here, we are here today, we are gone tomorrow. But it, that is not just that. There's a lot more to it. We must be spiritually alert. Let your prayer life find the flame. Find the flame. See, you, you can get so busy you haven't got time to pray. And you are spiritually dying. The light is going off gradually. Please, let's get ourselves ready. At any time, all the time, let us be spiritually awake. Two things. Was, I, mean, I, I, I make it three things. Prayer, worship, and reading the word. Sometimes I just get into a mood a couple of hours and I just worship and praise in the Lord. No prayers. But be spiritually alert. Wake up. Wake up. Make time for God. Please. Make time for God. Let's bow down our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that these words bear fruit in the hearts and life of your children. May they meditate on these words that they have heard today. May it bring forth fruit in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. Amen. Are you a believer? If you are a believer, let it be known. Let people see it. It, so it, it, it was said about the apostles. They noticed that they have been with Jesus because they were, they were uneducated, but they were saying things that was baffling the mind that they have been with Jesus. You know, pick up a matches and light it. That's your prayer life. Light it up. Ignite it. Ignite your prayer life. This week, spend quality time with the Lord and build a pattern once a week that you will spend an hour or two in the presence of the Lord. Make it once a week. Once a week. A couple of hours in the presence of the Lord. Look at the time. If it's not over, you're not getting out. And, and it's not prayer. Prayer It's not asking. Just spend time in the presence. Of, you know, mighty one. And I'm putting that. 
I'm doing my thing. Praise the Lord. God bless you. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.